You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to this very special Thanksgiving edition of The Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We're the football dudes. And Dave, you ready to gobble on to The Trend Zone, bro? <laughs> you got that right, my friend. FFF, friends, family, and of course, football. All right, let's get it cracking. Oh, that's food. <laughs> oh, yeah, food's a big part four of it. In there. Food. Yeah, come on, Dave. Four Fs. Four Fs. <laughs> All right. In today's episode, we'll talk about coaches getting the axe, like some turkeys or not. Some Saturday NFL action in our future. Oh, yeah, a little survivor. Our fantasy go-back starts of the weekend. All of the awesome games coming up in week 12. But, Dave, before we get to that, before we get to the food and all that tasty stuff, you got to have a sticky, icky nug for the peoples. <laughs> Casey, we always talk about how amazingly competitive the NFL is. And so far this season, a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime, overtime has decided 37 games. That's the third wow. most ever through week 11 of all time. So it's as close as it ever is, man. You, you're right there at the end. You still don't know who's going to win. No, man, it's crazy talk. This season has been absolutely bonkers, and I expect uh, nothing less moving into the tail end of the season and into the playoffs. But Dave, a former um, redheaded sweetheart, will not be in that mix <laughs> <laughs> moving forward, dude. And there might yeah. be a lot less swag moving into the playoffs, too. Yeah, right. This was a guy that was up for some head coaching jobs, ended up settling for uh, the offensive coordinator job uh, in the Giants. It's Jason Garrett, Casey, your former. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I don't know who Ed Sheeran is. I'm not, I'm not aware of that, Casey. Uh, Giants moving forward. I didn't like the play calling the other day uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but who am I? Oh, well, I don't have the power to fire uh, Mr. Garrett, but somebody did. The Giants expected to uh, give play calling duties to Freddie Kitchens, Casey, former Browns head coach. It's Hell's Kitchen takes over, man. <laughs> Brutal, dude. I don't know what that's going to do with these guys. They've been playing decent here and there, but yeah, it right. was pretty bad on Monday night. And Dave, there's enough bad play to go around that there could be uh this could be the first axe to drop, actually. Yeah, Depends there was a ask. rumor slipped out there that Matt Nagy was going to be fired and was informed of this, that he would be fired after the Thanksgiving uh, game there. Uh, he refuted that. But, you know, in my opinion, Casey, after last week's poor coaching decisions that the Bears seemed to play to coach to lose the football game uh, last week to the Ravens. And, and they Solid dropped approach. Three and seven. I mean, right. I mean, it just seemed like, what are they doing going for it at midfield with a, with a lead and against a team that hasn't done anything all game? Anyways, uh, three and seven. It kind of said, you know, it's a rookie quarterback, but it is what it is. You know, yeah. he's gone. And at least they get the Lions. So there's that. <laughs> That's oh, right. We'll Good get point. into that in a little bit, Dave, but size. it must be it must be midnight somewhere, dude, because the sun officially set on A.D., dude, his short yeah. stint with the uh Tennessee Titans landed just three games and uh, he really did look mortal finally coming off the couch just over a couple yards per carry only 90 yards of scrimmage so if he does not come back to another team he's going to finish fifth on the all-time rushing list just under 15,000 yards what a career though 
Yeah. And how about the Titans from their perspective? Uh, Dontre, Dontrell Hilliard last week played the majority of offensive snaps, um, and he's been signed to the 53-man roster. He'll go with uh, Deontay Foreman in the mix there. Uh, and also they brought in Golden Tate. They're they're kind of depleted across the board at a lot of different positions, obviously, uh, running back and wide receiver among them. So uh, we'll see if... Uh, uh, if Tate can revitalize his career, he hasn't been in the league this year since he um, left the Giants last year. Yeah, nice possession receiver. And then a little bit of a head scratcher here. The Texans wave Philip Lindsay, dude. Only 50 carries on the season, and it doesn't seem like there was anybody on top of him there. So I might expect this guy to land on a different roster moving forward i think he could still contribute to a team that's got playoff aspirations totally i loved how he ran the football when he was uh there in denver it's just surprising how he uh fell out of favor here uh with the texans casey though uh moving on the nfl in st louis resolved the relocation lawsuit which has been hovering around uh here for a long time Uh, i i thought the other option uh, of moving sofi stadium to St. Louis was gaining momentum, but apparently <laughs> that has that one has uh, fizzled out. It's going to be seven hundred ninety million. Um, not sure if um, that money will all be paid by Kroenke or if he'll find a way to sort of uh, bring the other owners in to some of that. That's a lot of money, but yeah, Kroenke's got a lot of money. He's right? got a lot of money. He could write Fine. a check, but he's saying no. Let's do a credit card roulette where everybody puts their card into a hat <laughs> and they pull one out. And that who gets stuck with the tab, um, I'm sure they could just get 25 mil from each team and be okay with that. All right, Dave, speaking of teams, it's a double-edged sword as we move (laughs) into this. Week 15, we get Saturday football action NFL, but it also means it's slipping away. That's right. It means there won't be as much college either, obviously, when the NFL moves in to this situation. But December 18th, doubleheader exclusively on NFL Network. The early game, 4.30 Eastern, Raiders versus Browns. And then 8.20 Eastern, the late game. This is a good one. New England Patriots versus Indianapolis Colts. Both of these games feature teams in the AFC playoff race Raiders and Browns really clinging to their their spots are just on the outside looking in Patriots and Colts uh you know jockeying for position this is going to be a good Saturday dude don't Man, don't dude. miss these ones folks the NFL <laughs> gets it right yet again well Dave speaking of not getting it right <laughs> three strikes pool how'd you do bro I see uh two dead dudes yeah uh both you and I Casey made the mistake of taking Tennessee over Houston cut on Hi. that the Titans band back in there and got uh blowed up sir uh that was a disaster for over 46 percent of the uh participants out there losing with that one the most in uh the most popular incorrect pick Tennessee over Houston man they were on a roll. What could go wrong? Eight and two versus two and eight at home. <laughs> got it. Oh, man. But they did not got it. We should have gone with Cleveland over Detroit because that was the most popular pick. And moving into next week, my Cowboys over the Raiders is the most popular pick moving into week 12. All right, Dave. Week 12 coming up. But let's go back to last week. Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Fantasy go back. Starts of the week, brother. How did it go? What would you yeah. think? Uh, if I could go back. I could I could replace Zach Ertz uh, for Dawson Knox. So Zach Ertz in Dawson Knox out would have given me 12.8 points and over one by exactly one point. That's my other league. So I know you don't want to hear about it. But Casey, I was doing pretty good in that league. Still doing uh, right. Dave, a knocks out Ertz, don't it? 
<laughs> oh, come on there, come on. Yeah. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> Leave that together. Wordsmith over there. <laughs> oh man, let's see. What could I have done differently? I guess I could have played my Cowboys defense, but that would have been one point less than the Cleveland Browns defense I put in there. So I really didn't have a go back, and I still had plenty to beat the Green Bud Packers, moving me to thirteen and three all time against those green bud packers so <laughs> we keep who's keeping track though right i mean I'm pushing all the right buttons but dave give me some astronomical free agent pickups that are going to help you get into the playoffs yeah if you happen to be needing the streaming quarterback this week uh if you're uh maybe you're a mahomes kind of guy uh carson wentz uh available in uh, nearly 60 percent of the leagues uh he has been playing exceptionally well sort of a little bit on the on the sly, you know, not not really uh, getting a lot of pub, but uh, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whose secondary has been suspect this year, although they got a couple guys back there. But uh, Carson Wentz looks like a pretty good pickup if he's available in your league. Yeah, and you mentioned this guy earlier, Dontrell Hilliard. He's in no leagues, dude. He's available almost 100% of the leagues across. It's got a tough uh, matchup against those New England Patriots, but he got the... Uh, the lion's share of the uh, carries last week. Maybe that'll continue this week. Yeah, maybe more of a long-term fix there. Yeah. Uh, situation. Uh, moving to wide receiver, Casey. I like Elijah Moore. This guy was a, a highlight reel coming out. Rookie for the uh, New York Jets wide receiver. He's available in uh, over half of the leagues out there. And he had a slow start to the season. Had a uh, um, you know just a handful of touchdowns. But last week played really well. This week playing against Houston. I think the upside for him towards the end of the season. Getting the quarterback back uh, in there for him. That's going to look good. Elijah Moore uh, is, is maybe somebody to grab at wide receiver. Yeah, and to let you know how competitive our league is. He's already rostered in our 12-team mm-hmm. league, available in 61% of the leagues out there. Dude, and it hurts me to say this, but I'm going to go with an eagle here, Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against those Giants there. He's been pretty solid. He got the new deal. He's got some righteous bucks coming in, so get out there and earn it. At least he's got a good name. Fly, Eagles, fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's get into it, baby. The sweetest thing about Thanksgiving week, besides spending that time with your family and friends and eating that good grub, is that triple header on Thursday, baby. Yeah, and it starts off, Casey, with the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. Bears on the road, favored by three and a half in this one. Uh, Nothing like some indigestion to start the day, Dave, (laughs) but these Bears, they've lost five in a row, and the Lions... Been in some close losses and even got a tie. They've not won a game all season. They're hoping to get um, our guy back, Jared Goff, in this thing. I'm not sure it's going to matter, but, you know, <laughs> right. something's got to give, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. A game I have a little more interest in is the Las Vegas Raiders at my Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys, six and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and the Raiders coming off that uh, blew out uh, loss versus Cincinnati. They've lost three in a row now. You got to wonder really for this Raiders squad, is the season unraveling after Gruden got fired? The Ruggs tragedy uh, going against an angry Dallas Cowboys team that kind of didn't have a good feeling about last week's performance, I think. Um, and they're, I think they're just heading towards four in a row, you know, uh, four losses in a row, that is. Uh, you know, this Raider squad on Thanksgiving. But you know what? I mean, on the bright side, Derek Carr has had a pretty solid season. And um, 
you know, Darren Waller, obviously a, an amazing tight end, seven catches, 150 yards last week. They brought in Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, to try and get a spark there. That has not yet worked at all. We'll see if that can develop this week. But the offense was already third ranked in passing. Right. So they're not a good running offense, though, despite having uh, two good running backs in Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. They're just 28th in rushing. And here's the big thing I'm scared about for the Raiders on this one. That's going to give Raider fan indigestion. The defense 29th versus the run and the Cowboys, I'm guessing, are going to be running the ball a lot. Go ahead, Case. Yeah, dude. um, You know, the bad news about this. Lost two games in the AFC West, so I'm not liking that. But uh, last week, one of those losses coming to the Chiefs. And they weren't great last week, but I do not believe the sky is falling. You mentioned that run game from the Cowboys. They should get left tackle Tyron Smith back. That's going to help because they thought they were going to have him last week, and I think that's why they made the Connor switch at left guard. But that really solidifies that offensive line on the left side. Smith makes his team much better. Not going to have Amari Cooper yet again, but they're hopeful that they're going to have C.D. Lamb uh, back he practiced on Wednesday in some capacity nice. so that should help the bright spot from last week of the Cowboy game that defense dude they've only gave up 19 points to the high power Chiefs and the fourth time in six games giving up no more than 20 points that tells me they're trending in the right direction and Dave I'm already giving the rookie defensive player of the year to my guy Micah Parsons dude he continues to dominate Last week, two sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and a forced fumble. And this team is eventually going to get Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory back. But this is a huge game, Dave. This part of the year, Dallas is playing three games in 12 days. So it's a battle of attrition. Hopefully, they can beat this Raiders team and not make it a contest and kind of relax and hopefully uh, put some legs up and grab a couple of them turkey drumsticks at the end of this thing. But, man, (laughs) uh, they better bring it and be ready to play. No doubt. How about them Cowboys? All right. Up next, it will be the evening, uh, the dessert game. It's the Buffalo Bills at the New York, New, uh, New Orleans Saints. The Bills on the road favored by four and a half in this one case. Dude, and it looked like the Bills had the AFC East locked up all season. But now they're looking up at the Patriots and they're clinging on to the seventh seed, dude. Oh. It's crazy how fickle this league is. A big reason is the Bills have had multiple turnovers in three straight games. And five of Josh Allen's eight interceptions have come in the last three games. So they're doing stuff the wrong way. But part of the reason for those struggles, dude, they do not run the football. They have to find mm-hmm. a way to get that running game going or if they even make it to the playoffs that uh, stay is going to be very short. Now, speaking of running, the Bills are still having nightmares about Jonathan Taylor going for almost 200 last week. Saints might not have Kamara, and that would be a huge help to this Bills defense. Um, Except for last week, they have been pretty good against that run game. But on the other side, Dave, they have to commit to at least trying to run the football. This is a huge game for the Bills and that Bills Mafia. Yeah, no doubt. And it's also a huge game for Saints. You know, uh, Saints sitting here uh, at 5-5, and And they have lost three in a row uh, coming up short last week uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And you look at the the team here, Trevor Simeon uh, coming off a fantastic football game, even in the loss there, four touchdowns um, last week. And um, Taysom Hill getting back 
also looks like Taysom Hill's going to be back in the mix there. And last time on Thanksgiving, Taysom had two touchdowns. So who knows? Maybe that could be a, a, a good sign for the Saints team. But overall, they're not a very good passing team right now. And they're they're actually not very good at running the football, too. They're about average at running. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is amazing, but he hasn't been in there for a while yeah. now. This, I think, will be at least his third game that he's missed. So count him out, I think, at this point. It's Mark Ingram, who did have a nice game last week at 113 yards from scrimmage. Um, um, but it, it hasn't been consistent enough for this team to hang their hat on. And with the passing game in the state it's in, you know, it's Marquez Callaway is the dude who's, you know, jumped out as the, you know, as the, the, the receiver still receiving leader on this team, Alvin Kamara, who hasn't wow. played. Right. So yeah. that's not that great. Callaway, I mentioned, did get a touchdown last week. I mean, Simeon's going to have to play uh, a better, better football game. You can't rely on the, on the, um, uh, on the run game. Speaking of the run game, though, defensively, this is a thir- the third best run defense uh, in the league. So that idea of the Bills getting the run game, game this week, probably <laughs> not going to work. But, um, you know, they're they're going to struggle covering yeah. the Bills. Receivers. They got to try, dude. They got to get that run game going, man. I don't like what's going on with these Bills. Yeah. Speaking of not liking what's going on, dude, how about the New York Jets at the Houston Texans? Texans <laughs> two and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and Houston coming off uh, an impressive win over Tennessee. That snapped an eight-game losing streak. And the Jets, well, the Jets are the Jets. Uh, both teams sitting at two and eight. Uh, one of these teams has to win. The Jets brought in Flacco for a quarterback depth. He infected <laughs> the uh, other backup quarterback, Mike White. Both are unavailable with the COVID list now. <laughs> so they diminished their depth. Luckily, uh, Zach Wilson will be uh, back in the mix. He's been uh, banged up with the knee, and they're looking to get him back. Uh, but, you know, this is the, the Tennessee Titans, you know, excuse me, the Houston Texans, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, – it's going to be a tough one here. You know, and I got to give it up to the Texans. It's a different team with Tyrod Taylor. Not saying they're a playoff team or anything, but they function at a much higher level when he's back there. That's true. And that showed last week getting that huge win uh, against the Titans. All right, Case, up next to the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Falcons are favored by a point and a half in this one. Yeah, Dave, these are not good teams. In <laughs> <laughs> no. the last two games, they've combined to be outscored 121 to 30. So not a lot of good out of there. And they're kind of going in two different directions. I mean, the Jacksonville is trying to go up. They got the new quarterback, over number one overall. And the, uh, the, the Falcons are kind of coming down with that number one overall quarterback from many years ago. So they're, yeah. they're kind of meeting each other, having a cup of coffee and going their separate ways. But uh, <laughs> we'll probably watch it because it's football. It is football, no question about that. There, there's a, there's a, that's where that's the best we, we, we say yeah. about that. All right, Dave. Up next, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins, and the Panthers are point and a half favorites on the road. Yeah, and Carolina uh, with five wins in logjam uh, with five NFC teams, but outside the playoffs, five NFC teams just plugging away, just trying to hammer away with that at, at five wins there. And Miami with four wins, they're in a logjam behind a ton of AFC teams that are with five or six wins also outside the playoffs. It's a critical game in the the big picture of both of these teams' seasons. If they're going to be a team that is actually thinking about finding their way in that playoff mix, this is a huge game for each team. Yeah, Dave, what do you got against trees, man? Lots of log jamming going on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying, Casey, is log jams, okay? Log jams.
All right, up next, Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Eagles on the road, favored by three and a half. Seems like it should be more. I know, it really shouldn't. Dude, the Eagles turned around and they found their running game. They rushed 50 times last week, going for 242 and 4.8 to carry. That's why they've won three out of the last four, and they are right in the playoff mix. They're finding the formula there, and the Giants have been okay on defense, but their offense is a complete mess. That's why they uh, canned uh, Jason Garrett there, so... um, these teams are also going in different directions, but it's divisional, so anything can happen. But I expect the Eagles to the mosh on the Giants. Yeah, it seems like one team going in one direction and another team going in another direction to me. Oh, got a killer divisional game right here, bro. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, and the, uh, the Steelers, uh, you know, coming off of that disappointing loss to the Chargers uh, on Sunday night where they rallied down 17 uh to take the lead late in that game and then let it slip away. But, you know, this isn't the typical Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger Steelers team we've gotten to know and uh, either love or hate over the last 15 years or whatever. Uh, Roethlisberger, uh, he has 13 touchdowns and just four picks. uh, But, you know, he's been kind of modest with his numbers. He's got a 91.7 quarterback rating. That's that's you know ninety. That's a little below average. Let's be honest. And you know he came off a great game last week against the Chargers. Uh, three touchdown passes in that game, a one hundred three rating, one of his better games on the season. And in fact, he has nine touchdowns and zero picks um, in the last five games. So he's been wow. playing well. But overall, the offense has not been great. They're 24th in yards gained and 27th rushing the football. Najee Harris has been impressive, no question, as the rookie there. But the the offensive line rebuild hasn't really uh, settled in there. And and it's not this, the old line that, you know, from a couple years back that was really driving this Steelers football team. So Najee coming off a, a very modest game last week with just 59 yards, but a touchdown. But, um, you know, p- passing the football... Um, Deontay Johnson has emerged as a pretty strong uh, player, uh, over 100 yards in a score last week. And uh, Chase Claypool, the other guy, is really getting it done. And how about rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth? Casey, say the name, please. Patrick Henry Fryermuth. <laughs> he comes up with a touchdown last week. He's been really, really turning up his game um, lately. So, uh, But defensively, this isn't the same Peter, uh, Steelers team we've gotten to know. Obviously, there's been injuries on that side. Certainly, TJ uh, Watt is a huge loss, but it looks like he may or may not be back in this one. But TJ Maxx, huge savings on (laughs) (laughs) defense, uh, just 24th in yards, given up 26 defending the run. So not a good situation going against a Bengals team where Mixon, you can go ahead and handle that stuff, but they've been doing pretty good on the ground game. Yeah, you mentioned Joe Mixon, dude, last week, 30 carries for 123 and two touchdowns. And when they played the Steelers in week three, he was averaging five yards a carry. And those Steelers are coming off a game when they were giving up over six yards a carry to your Chargers. So that all seems like a bad formula for the Steelers there. And the Bengals did stomp them in Pittsburgh in uh, September 24 to 10 and won two in a row. So that's where the numbers start freaking me out a little bit on paper. It looks like the Bengals should get this game. But Mm -hmm. um, it's just that weirdness that comes in in this division rival. But this is a great chance for the Bengals to just like get those Steelers behind them and be forgotten and really move in there and try to compete with Baltimore to be the leader of this division. Uh, Joe Burrow's having a great uh, comeback year. He would probably be the comeback player of the year if it weren't for Dak, or maybe they find a way to give it to them both. They still have to improve 
on defense and they have to take care of the football. But I really like the direction that this um, this Bengals team is heading. Yeah, this is an awesome divisional battle here, Casey. Like you said, this is potentially another statement victory for the Bengals having beaten the Ravens a handful of weeks back. All right, Case, up next, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Indianapolis Colts. It's the Tony Dungy Bowl, Casey. Hey, Hey, love it. Um, Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half in this one. You know, Parcells. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like once you get around November, you start seeing who the teams are. And this is when Brady's done most of his magic, dude. Leading teams through this stretch run in weeks 12 through 17 during his career combined 88 and 24, dude. So he knows what time it is to get paid. The Bucks got Gronk back last week and he had six for 71. Probably not going to have Antonio Brown back for this game, though. But my biggest question is, can that Bucks number one ranked rush defense slow down Jonathan Taylor? Going wow. into this game, the Bucks are giving up less than four a carry and only 78 yards a game. That's going to be a huge component to this. And the Bucks are hoping to get Vita Vea back, which would help a lot. Stuff in the middle of that line for the run. Because um, you know the Bucks would much rather put this game on Carson Wentz's shoulders than let uh, JT run wild. So um, this is a huge game. And this is a good barometer, dude, because we know what the Bucks are. And we're having an idea of what we think the Colts are. They're going to get a chance to prove it on Sunday, dude. Yeah, it's definitely a strength on strength uh, battle there, Casey. As you mentioned, with the two with the run defense versus uh, this Jonathan Taylor led Colts running game. But Colts started off zero and three. They've won four of five, and that's three in a row to get to six and five. They've really emerged as one of the more uh, consistent teams after that rough, rough start there. Um, offensively, they're fourth in in the league rushing. And fifth in points per game. And let's let's go to Jonathan Taylor, man. He's leading the league in rushing now and uh, also leading the league with 13 touchdowns. Uh, so he is a dominant force there. In fact, last week's game with five touchdowns, it's just the eighth game with with a, where a guy scored five touchdowns in the AFL since the AFL NFL merger. Wow. So it's a pretty amazing stat. Um there and I mean, wow, it's got some pretty fancy names on the list there, including um, Kellen Winslow Sr., as well as um, Alvin uh, Kamara had six last year. The six, yeah, Kamara's the only other ac- active guy that oh, yeah. has, has accomplished this. And a little sidebar right here, dude. In both of my leagues, the teams with Jonathan Taylor both lost last week. That's crazy talk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Only 50 points. Uh, all right. Uh, well, you know, t- yeah, exactly. 204 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns last week. Uh, obviously, uh, he could be also become the first player in NFL history with 100 uh, scrimmage yards and a rush TD in nine consecutive games. So wow. we're looking at a very, very consistent uh, output from this guy. And luckily, too, uh, Carson Wentz has played very efficiently, right? 18 touchdowns. Just three picks on the season for Carson Wentz last week. Extremely modest. I mean, everything was going in the run game. There's no reason for him to do anything else. Uh, Just over 100 yards passing and a touchdown last week. But in the passing game, if they are forced to go that direction, Michael Pittman has really emerged as an exceptional wide receiving force for Carson Wentz. T.Y. Hilton, still a work in progress. But, um, you know, you got to assume at some point he's going to come along and really balance out. Uh, what Michael Pittman's doing on the other side there. Defensively, um, this team is decent. They just seem to come up with uh, timely stops. Darius Leonard, obviously a phenomenal player. Quiddy Pay, uh, the rookie, had a sack and a forced fumble last week. So maybe he's coming on as well. 
Man, I cannot wait to see that game. Potential Super Bowl preview, just saying. All right, Dave, up next, a battle for AFC supremacy. The Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots, dude. And what a turnaround. The Patriots, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Wow. <laughs> no kidding, right? Um, yeah, the, the Titans, dude, they had uh, they come off. Obviously, we talked about the disappointing loss to Houston last week. The Shaka, right? They had won six in a row, including uh, seven playoff teams this year from last year, last year's playoff teams. Wow. The, the, in that six in a row, Buffalo, Kansas City, Indy, the Rams, before finally losing to Houston. The, the last loss before that was to the Jets. So go figure with this Titans team. But it does seem like the loss of King Henry and the other injuries is really catching up to this squad. Um, you know, uh, interestingly, Mike Vrabel, though, is 2-0 and against the Patriots. We'll see if that, you know, he's one of the few guys that's wow. left there and, and done very, very well uh, against the Patriots. But uh, Tannehill not playing to the level that he was last year. 13 touchdowns, just 12 picks on the season, an 86.1 rating. That is very b- below average, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um they, we talked about it earlier. They brought in uh, Peterson to try and see if they could replace uh, some of the production they lost with King Henry. They've just since cut him. It'll be uh, Dontrell Hilliard along with Deontay Foreman trying to pick up the slack. That's just, I'm just, you know, good luck with that. That's not King Henry. Um, and then uh, on, on, the, on the receiving core, those dudes are banged up in a huge way, too. I mean, Julio Jones on IR. Uh, most of their, it seems like most of their wide receivers are injured. AJ Brown is banged up too. He's questionable going into this game. So uh, it is going to be tough. They're just 21st in passing. They're seventh in rushing, but that's going to be dropping, obviously, now now that they don't have the guy that they were really, um, you know, their workhorse in Henry. So defensively, fourth versus the run, which is strong, but 24th versus the pass, probably not a great recipe going against uh, Mac Jones and these Patriots. Yeah, dude, I guess the good news for the Titans is they only lose to teams like the Texans and the Jets, and they beat <laughs> right. playoff teams. But uh, it's a bad time to be catching these Patriots. They've won five in a row. And during this win streak, besides the 24 points they gave up to our Los Angeles Chargers, they've allowed 13, 7, 6, and 0 points per game. So Ooh. if you were still confused, that's good enough to rank as the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Yeah. They uh, they got a guy uh, ma- named Matthew Judon. You might have heard of this guy. I'm worth every penny, dude. He's got 10 and a half sacks. And as a unit, they've created 21 turnovers. So if you make mistakes, they definitely make you pay on defense. It's, uh, you know, it's a Bill Belichick team. You see it there week in and week out. Now flip it over. You mentioned Mac Jones. He's by far been the best rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Patriots are now on top of the AFC East. Uh, AFC East, and it is frustrating for fantasy owners, but the combo of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson has been a very uh, difficult uh, one-two punch for teams to deal with. They're running the football a lot, and this game is going to have a huge impact on that AFC playoff race, and it's a great test to find out just how good these Patriots are, man. They're going up against a good squad, so I'm really excited for this game. Likewise, this is going to be a blast, man. I'm that's going to be stoking. Up next, the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. It's the A3 match of 2020 playoff teams this season. So far, the team that lost the playoff game is 5 and 2. 
including wins in four straight rematches. Okay, well, let's see how this playoff rematch does, Casey, with the L.A. Rams heading to Green Bay, favored by a point and a half. Wow, man, I, I guess that is good news for the Rams because uh, they did get a beatdown last year in Green Bay, and they're coming off a couple of beatdowns here. You know, the, they had the bye week, but before that, they got stomped 31-10 to 10 by San Francisco Ooh. by a team that was running the football. So, um uh, for the Rams, they added OBJ into the mix. I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to add to that offense overall. At least they had the bye week to kind of incorporate him. But you just can't put a value on what's lost with Robert Woods going down. He did so much for this team mm-hmm. blocking-wise, knowing the schemes, running the football. He was just a huge part of it, uh, and that really opened up things for Cooper Cup, who is the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's leading in yards. He's leading in touchdowns. And I don't know if there's a crisper route runner in the league than this guy. So they are really going to have to find a way to deal with um, the Robert Woods loss there. Um, Daryl Henderson has been pretty good when they've committed Mm -hmm. to running the football. They've gotten away from it a couple of times. So we'll see what kind of balance they can have on O mixing the OBJ in, trying to make up for that Robert Woods loss defensively. Um, Aaron Donald's obviously the best there. Von Miller's not really done much with this defense so far, but the mm-hmm. bye week should help incorporate a few more plays for him there. So they're definitely going to have their hands full. Um, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a little Sergeant Holko there. We're going to see how <laughs> big of an impact that's going to have on this game. But this is a ginormous game as far as the uh, the playoff seeding for the NFC, man, and who might be going to the freezing frozen tundra or sitting in the nice confines of the SoFi. No question. The winner of this game will have definitely the tiebreaker or whatever going into that with that seven and three versus eight and three Packers. But eight and three Packers came up short last week uh, in a critical game against the, the Vikings. That could have gone either way. And Rodgers, uh, who's had a great season, really, despite the toe of late, Casey, um, last week, four touchdown passes, nearly 400 yards and a 148.4 passer rating. So he's killing it, throwing the football. Obviously, having Devontae Adams healthy, seven grabs, 115 yards and two touchdowns. And how about M? V.S. Casey, 123 yards in a score last week as well. So hitting on all cylinders with those wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers, despite, again, the the COVID toe, right? So, (laughs) um, but nonetheless, the the team uh, playing some good football. A.J. Dillon really has come on lately, 97 scrimmage yards uh, last week uh, for, for Dillon. And he's just that bigger body back that you think maybe down the playoff stretch, uh, is going to be able to help them hammer out uh, games uh, along with Aaron Jones there. It's a nice one-two punch in the backfield. But um, defensively, they're pretty strong. Seventh yeah. in yards, seventh versus the path, uh, pass, fifth in points per game, just giving up 19.5 points per game. Hey, if they can hold the team to just 19.5 points under 20, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on the pack every time in that scenario. So, um you know, that's a strong defense there, but we'll see. They'll be challenged uh, by this Rams uh, offensive uh, weaponry for sure. All right, let's kick it back to the AFC West. Our Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. Chargers, two and a half point favorites, getting mile high, baby. 
All right. So, yeah, we're going to Denver. That's a pretty uh, tough place to play there, Casey. And Chargers coming uh, off, uh, uh, finally got it going really offensively uh, last week with that 41 to 37 win Sunday night versus Pittsburgh. And Herbert uh, in that game was phenomenal. In fact, he set a record. We had two records this week, not just the Taylor one, Casey, or uh, Herbert, first quarterback with 350 yards and 90 yards rushing in an NFL game in the 100 year history of the league. Wow. There's never been a quarterback to run for 90 and throw for 350. Uh, in that game, uh, Herbert co- um, completed 73% of his passes for 382 yards and three touchdowns for the 116 rating. Uh, career high 90 yards rushing, really, really rushing at the right time. It seemed like the, the defense the Steelers were playing uh, man up and deep safeties and stuff. He was just eating them up with that and forced them to change how they were playing it. But um, offensively, the Chargers have been good. Seventh in yards per game, sixth overall passing, and 11th in points uh, per game. And on third down, they've converted. They're sixth in the league on third down. So they're able to move the chains. And when they move the chains like that on third down and sometimes fourth, um, that really, really can enable this team to have long uh, grinding drives. Eckler continues to be exceptional um, out of the backfield and running the football. 115 yards from scrimmage last week and four touchdowns, two rushing and two receiving. It's kind of an elite little group there too with the two and two. But Keenan Allen, dude, not still uh, an underrated dude somehow in this league. Nine catches, 112 yards. He's one of the reasons they're so good on third down because he yeah. gets open and moves the chains. Mike Williams got back kind of into a rhythm last week, uh, 97 yards in the game-winning touchdown. Boy, was that beautiful uh, down the sidelines there. But um, defensively, the Chargers uh, are very good versus the pass, fifth in the league, but mm, there's a downside, 32nd in the league rushing, and that's not going to be helpful against this Broncos team. But the good news is they really help um, Pittsburgh uh, really to just 55 yards rushing in that Sunday night game. And you would have thought the Steelers would have been just running it and running it and running it. But um, Chargers not really good defensively on third down, which has allowed other teams to continue mm-hmm. to, to get long drives. Both Bosa, of course, is one of the stars on defense. He's looking for his fourth in a row with the sack. Uchenna Nuoso is coming on at the linebacker position. He had a sack and a forced fumble last week. And, of course, let's not forget about Derwin James and what he can do back there, dude. This is going to be a huge game for both these teams in the AFC West. Yeah, dude. And, you know, this Broncos team is not sexy by any means, but they're no. five and five sitting right there in the mix with everything yep. to play for. They can still take this division. And Dave, chances are one of these teams is going to jump out to a big lead and then the other team's going to come storming back. And then both teams are going to be sweating it at the end. Last two uh, games between these teams decided by just four points. And we've seen the Broncos be able to, when they're playing their game, they're really hard to stop when they get that run going. In the past game, Judy's getting healthy, getting back into that mix. They just paid Patrick. They just played, uh, paid Sutton. So yep. the, the offense has all the pieces there. It's up to Teddy B. Can he really get this thing going? And um, that defense is solid sometimes, man. Against the Cowboys, they could Cowboys could not run. Couldn't do much of anything, and it didn't seem like they were missing Von Miller because they were getting <laughs> pressure everywhere. So, last of everything is still out in front of both of these squads. So, this is a huge game getting that step up. I'll be interested to see which team is uh, ready and can, uh, you know, rise to the challenge of this. Man, this is this is a big, important game for this division. Sure is. All right. Up next, Casey, the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners at home, favored by two and a half. 
And these Vikings, dude, coming off of their biggest win of the season, beating, uh, you know, hated rivals, the Green Bay Packers. And, mm. you know, shockingly, Kirk Cousins, as much uh, grief as he gets, he's leading the NFL in touchdown to interception ratio. So when he <laughs> keeps it tight, he plays pretty well when he's not turning it over. And lucky for him, this isn't a primetime game. Um, but this team is really about Dalvin Cook, man. This yeah. guy is an absolute beast. When he gets down there within the five-yard line, he puts it in the end zone every time. So they love to run it with him. That sets up the play action. And you know who's going to do him dirty when he does is Justin Jefferson, bro. Last week, Ooh. eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Should have been 170 and three touchdowns. He's got 11 games with 100-plus yards. Um, so uh, he's up there the top of the league and the guys that have ever done it in their first couple of years, Adam Thielen is a nice, nice uh, red zone target there. So this is also a game with two teams that are right on the outskirts looking to get in there, dude. And uh, the, the Vikings have been in so many close games. They've won some, they've lost a majority, but they're playing pretty <laughs> solid football. But Dave, I don't know if there's a hotter team coming up right now than these San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and they've, they handled business last week against uh, Jacksonville. Um, they've won a couple in a row. You're right. Oh, that's why they that. look so good. Yeah. It was Jacksonville. It was, it was Jayville. But, hey, you know what? Um, they have been uh, pretty good generally um, running the football this season. They're eighth uh, running, but not so good out, outside of that, really. Uh, but they, they when they can get that run game going, uh, they're, they're really um, very effective with that. It's probably one of the best run schemes in the league there uh jimmy g last week a very modest but efficient game um two touchdowns for a 126 quarterback rating but uh elijah mitchell has been the guy that's really emerged the rookie uh out of nowhere really um with a really nice performance and jeff wilson's the other guy that's been helping uh in the run game but how about debo samuel last week 94 scrimmage yards and speaking of helping in the run game 79 of them were run yards, so they're really getting Debo the football one way or another, and those those quick end arounds, man, with Debo Samuel and the ball in his yeah. hands, he's, he turns into a running back the second he gets the ball, you know, so really impressive. Um, at, and the receivers, of course, you have to, when Kittle is uh, healthy and, and active, you have got to, you know, base your defensive scheme around stopping George Kittle. You know, he's looking for his uh, third straight game with a touchdown, so he's really coming on. Brandon Ayuk uh, also playing pretty good. But on defense, this is a pretty solid defensive squad, Casey. Yeah. Sixth in yards, third versus the pass, right? So that's going to really help him uh, defending these Vikings. Uh, obviously, you mentioned uh, it's about Cook and Cook getting it done. They're not as good at stopping the run. But they are overall 11th in points given up at just 22.2 and Nick Bosa coming off a two sack game. How about Fred Warner? I mean, this is, this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a good one for uh, at both teams at five and five. Again, Woo. it's going to be close for this, this NFC matchup. Oh, Dave. And finishing out week 12 with a strong, strong game. Another AFC North battle, Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens are three and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and the Browns here are um, coming off that win against Detroit. <sighs> okay, right. Um, Nick Chubb averaging six yards a game. So we'll see. Uh, had 144 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown last week. Um, this team is obviously its best when they are running the ball 
often and uh, obviously six yards a chunk uh, on the season is pretty impressive. Kareem Hunt on IR, but Dearness Johnson, uh, Chubb obviously was banged up too. Dearness Johnson filled in very nicely. The offensive line knows how to get it done, no matter who's running the football back there. Um, they are the number one run team, but they're just 25th in passing. So look for them to try and establish the run in this football game against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and when you think about it, um, offensively, Jarvis, this, they've been so banged up over there. Yeah. Jarvis Landry, when he's out there, ha- has has uh, has played very well at the receiving position. They've got some go- good depth there um, with other guys, Higgins, Hooper, and, and Joku. But uh, this is also a very uh, uh, strong defense, fifth overall um, in yards given up, eighth versus the pass, seventh versus the run. So very balanced, uh, and that hopefully will help them defend uh, a dynamic quarterback over there in Lamar, right? But they are just um, 16th in points given up, given up 22.8. So it's it's average in terms of when it gets down there to scoring the points. But they're going to need that balance on defense uh, overall to sort of try and contain Lamar and not get beat one way or another. Yeah, dude, the Ravens using up some more of their mojo coming up with a last second (laughs) win against those Bears last week. We've seen that a couple of times. That was without Lamar. Lamar says he's feeling better and he's going to be back in this thing. And uh, that's bad news for the the Browns because, uh, you know, Lamar has done his marvelous thing all over these guys last couple of times they played. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, a trend going through this league as all these teams are battling in divisions and the divisions are all up for grabs there. So it's going to, it's going to be a tough, tough game for both of these teams when the the Ravens have usually gotten the the better end of these Browns there, but that was when they had, you know, a full complement of running backs. They're going with some old school guys between uh, Devonta Freeman and hopefully Latavius Murray plays in this game. And hopefully Marquise Brown is back too, because they're missing him. Uh, over-the-top ability, and him and Lamar just seem to be able to improvise um, really well together. Obviously, Mark Andrews is a huge part of that offense, too, and uh, Bateman is finding a way to get involved there, too. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I haven't seen the Brownies be able to get over the hump against these guys, but this is an important game. But, you know, uh, like I said, Marvelous Jackson, dude, under those bright lights of the primetime, he has been a tough guy to deal with. And, Dave... Um, this is one of the 12 games uh, this week, or one of the, how many of them are there? There's like eight or nine games of week 12 that both teams are 500 or better. That's the most that's ever been this late in the season. So um, wow. they they get it right, dude. The NFL figures this crap out, <laughs> and it's amazing. Each week they give us good stuff. So I'm giving you this hype, dude, because Sunday night is great. And then Monday, what? Yeah. All right. Monday night, we have the Seahawks at the Washington FTs, Casey. Hey, at least it's a tight game in terms of Vegas, right? As the Washington FTs are favored by just a half a point. Yeah, dude. And Russ is back, but I don't think he brought a spatula because I've not seen him (laughs) cook yet. I don't know if that, uh, you know, that that wing is still busted up, but they are on the outskirts trying to figure it out. Um it's just dysfunctional there on offense. It's not look good. They uh they have a lot of pieces missing and the output has not been great. Washington, on the other hand, they've looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, gotten a couple of huge wins against uh, contenders in the NFC. So they have something to play for. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah, I I just don't feel really good about the Seahawks in this game. 
Yeah, they've dropped a lot of games in a row, Casey. The Seahawks go in the wrong direction. Uh, this will be, you know, they got it's put up or shut up time for Pete Carroll and Russell to get this thing done. Yeah, dude, I got my uh, words mixed up back there. Nine games of Week 12 featuring two teams of 500 or better. So that is the most ever. Pretty, That's pretty awesome. Amazing. Yeah, pretty amazing, dude. Oh. Peoples, peoples, people. So many ways you can check out the football dudes. This podcast that you're listening to right now, the Trend Zone, is available for a subscription for free on Spotify, free. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Get in there, subscribe, rate us, comment. We appreciate all your feedback. Yeah, also, Casey, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all that social media action. Yeah. Just go to footballdudes.com. That's going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. For Dave, I'm Casey. We want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of the listeners out there, to you and your families. Get in on those four Fs, and we will catch you for week 13.